anywhere, smartphone, tune-in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good morning, and welcome to the 28th year of the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgaters Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca's by Katie's in New Orleans, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. The Three Tailgaters are also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln, by LifeGate Church in Metairie, by Rhino Shield Mid-South, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Promotional consideration is provided by Central City Barbecue on South Rampart Street, Venezia Restaurant on North Carrollton Avenue, Two Tony's Restaurant at West End, Fury's Restaurant in Metairie, Perrin's Restaurant in Harahan, Reginelli's Pizzeria with locations throughout the metro area, Ye Old College Inn on Carrollton Avenue, Messina's at the Terminal and Runway Cafe at Lakefront Airport, by Copeland's of New Orleans and Kenner at the Esplanade Mall, Desi Vega's Seafood and Steakhouse in Metairie, Chateau Cafe with locations in New Orleans and Kenner, Moe's Pizza in West Wego, Hooters Restaurants in Metairie and Gretna, Geo's Pizza and Spaghetti House in Metairie, Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie, Fat Boy's Pizza on Metairie Road, by Sirio's Pull Boys in Delhi on St. Charles Avenue, by That's Amore Pizzeria in Metairie, Bears Pull Boys on Causeway Boulevard at Metairie Road, Fury's Restaurant on Martin Berman in Metairie, and by Sunray Grill on Bell Chase Highway in Gretna. Now, here are your hosts of the Three Tailgaters Show, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO and WNOL, CrescentCitySports.com and the Clarion Herald, and Cumulus Radio New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good morning and welcome to another edition of the Three Tailgaters Show here on 106.1 FM. Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app available for you anywhere in the world via iHeart uh, to listen in. Of course, you can also uh, get us via Alexa at home. Just say play WRKN or play Nash Icon 1061 FM. You can catch our podcast following the show through CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on the menu, click on more, and click on podcast, and you'll be able to do so. You can also email us. It's ed at wgno.com. It's ken at crescentcitysports.com. You can call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 if you'd like to join in the conversation. We're going to talk about high school football and the playoffs here and go over the brackets here in just a moment or two. Coming up in the next segment, we'll visit with Brandon Brown of East St. John off of an incredibly thrilling opening round victory in the playoffs last night. We'll also... Of course, get into Tulane and LSU. LSU right after we talk high school. And then Tulane, of course, both have big games today. LSU, a morning game against Arkansas. And Tulane with an afternoon game against Central Florida. We'll talk about the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and all of that, as we always do. And again, the number to call is 504-260-1061. That's 260 
1061 to join in the conversation. It's also a big day at the University of New Orleans today where the privateers have their Hall of Fame day and where the privateer basketball team is in action this afternoon at 4 p.m. live here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. You can listen to it as UNO will battle St. Francis of Illinois on your station for privateer basketball. Uh, Nash Icon 106.1 FM. That's a 4 o'clock start this afternoon, 345 is the pregame Hall of Fame weekend inductions into the University of New Orleans Hall of Fame taking place this weekend. Great to see that being rejuvenated under the direction of Athletic Director Tim Duncan and everyone associated with the UNO program. Uh, obviously something that started a long time ago, which I was intimately involved in having been uh, at UNO for many, many years. And to see it revived is a great thing. And to see the people that are being honored is terrific as well. So uh, a big day at the University of New Orleans as basketball season is here. Hall of Fame Day as well. All of our stations from Cumulus uh, New Orleans are there present today as part of the festivities at uh, University of New Orleans. And, of course, uh, we are big supporters of NOLA's team and want uh, the privateers to, to continue to have success, even though the athletic referendum on football and other sports was voted down earlier in the week, uh, which is, of course, the democratic way to allow a vote to take place. But a big day for the University of New Orleans nonetheless. And Ed Daniels joins me now and knows a little bit about UNO as well, having done games with me and having covered that program for many years. Ed, it's always a pleasure. Good morning to you. Hey, Kenneth. What's up? Oh, you know, I'm struggling, but I'm here. So. <laughs> <laughs> me you too, know. buddy. I'll tell you what, this cold kind of jumped me about two or three days ago, and I'm feeling better. But I'll tell you what, it was, uh, it's, it's been like arm wrestling, you know? Yeah, look, it's been very difficult to battle several different things here over the last 24 hours, but um, nonetheless, the worst for wear. Yeah, it's all here, good. Here it's go. all good. You know, what, I, I go. feel fortunate because there's so many people right now who are fighting the flu. Yeah. And, I mean, for early November, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when I went and got my flu shot like three weeks ago. Yeah. But, but for early November to have this many flu cases, uh, to me, is... is you know, really unusual. And my wife's been taking my temperature, yeah. so I don't have the flu. But you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not feeling great. But apparently, there's some kind of head cold going around too. And well, I got that one, but I'm mm-hmm. doing great. No problems. Yeah, I've got several things, and it's been a rough night. But here we are, nonetheless. And and as I mentioned, uh, you know, tough for UNO not getting the vote earlier this week, but certainly a real positive with the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Basketball season getting underway as well. Yeah, uh, disappointing about the football thing, but I'm not surprised uh, when you ask uh, students to uh, add four hundred dollars to their uh, you know, to their student fee every semester. I, I didn't really think that uh, that had a chance of, of passing. I applaud the students who voted for it, but the students who voted against it—they spoke. That's what they believe, yeah. and that's. That's how it goes. You know, the only thing I would say is is that I'm a little, um, uh, I don't want to say suspicious, but I'm disappointed in a process that allows students to make the decision on what would be an extremely uh, important development for the school. And, you know, maybe there's some outside fundraising that can be done to make that sure. happen. Yep. And uh, that's certainly, I think, the next step. But it's very disappointing for me that um, that that happened. I think there was a vote 
back in 2009 on baseball. Wasn't there, Kenny? 2008, 2009? Something well, like that. Yeah. Of course, that led to the whole Division Three fiasco, but fortunately <clears throat> that didn't happen, and now fortunately you move forward, and, and hopefully it's a very good right. year for basketball and baseball in particular, but the other right. sports as well at the University of New Orleans. Right. You know, hope, hope, hopefully, uh, you know, they have a great great sports year, but yeah. um, I'm disappointed in, in, mm-hmm. the, uh, in the way the rules are set up because yeah. – I think the way the rules are set up by the Louisiana system, and I guess the legislature is referendum referendums like this to me are destined to fail. Yeah, UNO is the ultimate local institution. Its uh, students have always uh, been comprised of of people from the metro area who make their homes here and contribute to the economy, and that's always been the case, and and hopefully will be for many years to come. And uh, the support of the program is always very welcome. It's it says uh, what it's all about. All right, so let's look at some of the brackets, Ed, in football before we, we visit with Brandon Brown of East St. John in the next segment off of an incredible game last night at CrescentCitySports.com, East St. John. Uh, survive Walker. But, you know, you look at non-select Division One Rust in the number one seed. They're facing a rematch now with Washita Parish, who came down south and beat Hanville 35-21. Rematches are never easy in that one. Uh, Benton, big winner over Ponchtula. They're home against Denham Springs. Here's an interesting second-round matchup. Zachary at home against West Monroe. <laughs> That's a pretty interesting matchup. North Shore rallied to win. They go to Southside. Destrahan swings in action at home against Dutchtown, who's a pretty good team. East St. John, who I just mentioned, won. That's the good news. The bad news is they got to travel all the way to Houghton in the second round. Slidell gets the defending 4A state champ Westgate at McGinty Stadium, and Neville will get East Ascension at home. Any thoughts about non-select Division One? Well, you know, we uh, we covered a couple of really good games last night on the North Shore. Uh, North Shore Salmon was a heck of a game. Yes. And uh, Salmon gave North Shore a real scare. They were an upset alert for a while. Uh, I think that'll be a very interesting game. Look, I, I think Slidell played angry last night because uh, the week before I heard Coach Scobell on your show last night, um, you know, talking about the guys maybe – weren't as dialed in as they needed to be. Well, they were dialed in last night, and they played, uh, from what I could see on the highlights, pretty good football to win at home by 33 points over a good mm-hmm. team that has uh, some explosive players. So I think the Slidell Westgate game is going to be a very interesting game. I agree. Uh, the Division Two non-select, uh, the number one seed is Iowa. They get Abbeville. In the opening round, Abbeville, uh, you know, the 17 beat the 16 Bruley last night. Jennings, a 25 seed, upset an 8 seed Plaquemin, and they get to host Leesville now in the second round. It'll be Pearl River. Speaking of upsets, the number 28, Bro Bridge, shocked the number 5, Carroll. So Bro Bridge gets a home game with Iota in the second round. North DeSoto, the 4 seed, will host Cecilia. It will be Lakeshore off of a win over Albany, traveling to number 3 seed, Opelousas. Lutcher, a dangerous team at six, will play St. Martinville, who's another dangerous team. That is a great matchup. And, in fact, I picked the winner of that game to win the state championship. And that's 11 and a six matchup, St. Martinville and Lutcher. Church Point, the seven, uh, will play at number 23, North Vermillion, who pulled an upset of Franklin Parish. A lot of upsets last night. And number two, West Feliciana, will host Erath. So uh, I like the winner of Lutcher, St. Martinville, to win the state championship. And I think they're both underseated. I think they're both very good. Well, I mean, you know, Lutcher has such a difference maker at quarterback. Uh, that makes a huge difference in, in what they're trying to accomplish. And, uh, you know, um, that game's at Lutcher. So, um, 
that will be a uh, that'll be a decided home field advantage. You know, the thing about next week is, is that uh, you know I could have fifteen photographers next week and not have enough guys to shoot all these games because no uh, we have a tr- tremendous matchups. Yep, uh, the non-select division three is a number one seed Manny, of course, uh, the dominant team in the class. We'll get Richwood, who beat Caldwell Parish. Then you got Rose Pine, the nine. Uh, we'll have to play a number 25 Westlake because there's another big upset. The number 25 beat the number nine uh, by the score of uh, 26-24 Westlake over Pine. Avoyles, who can score with anybody, uh, will play St. Helena next week. St. Helena, good win on the road at South Plaquemine. St. James will be at home to Laurelville. Union Parish in a rematch game with Sterlington. That's a tough rematch game right there. Uh, Patterson will be at Winfield. Uh, a meet with a big win last night. They're dangerous uh, at home against Gina in the second round. And Bogalusa, a good team, uh, will get Berwick at home in the second round. Any thoughts about the non-select Division Three? Well, I'm excited about Bogalusa having a chance to play a home game. I didn't like the way that whole thing shook out in Week, week 10. And uh, I was very disappointed for them. Uh, that those uh, young young men did, and the uh, young ladies who cheer and do all the other things didn't have a chance to have a senior night the way they should have. I didn't think that was uh, I didn't think that was handled properly, um, and I just disagree with it. You know, to me, you know, hire enough police to go out there and 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 deter that type of situation and let the let the kids play. I mean, what's the difference between week ten and and week twelve? What's the difference? Well, I, I understand both sides of it, but I agree with you, man. I, I just you know, look. Yeah, I mean, they, look, they couldn't play. They couldn't. They couldn't play there in week ten, right? Right. Supposedly right. safety issues. But they're going right? to play there now. Yep. But they're going to play there two weeks later. I don't understand mm-hmm. that. Explain yes. it to me. Why isn't that game being moved? Yep. Uh, safety issues. I understand. Uh, having enough protection. Uh, certainly helps mitigate that, and it's hard to blame the football team and the program for what happens outside. Of no, the you stadium, can't. But, you can't. You yeah. can't blame. You can't blame uh, the young men on the team no. for some knuckleheads outside the stadium. No you doubt, you just can't do that, and yeah. and that's what those uh, you know teenagers are who are uh, handling weapons out there. And unfortunately, somebody lost their life. But you yes. know what? What you do is uh, you hire enough police to to do their jobs. And they'll yeah. do it well, and yeah. and the game will be safe, and then they can play. Yep. All right. So non-select division four, the number one seed is Kentwood. Boy, they look really good. Uh, they'll be at home to General Trass in the regional round. Oak Grove, another traditional power at home against Welsh. It's another traditional power, Haynesville, who won last night at home against Oakdale. Uh, Oberlin will be at number four, Basil. Uh, another good team is Mangum, and the Dragons are home against 14th seed Grand Lake. Arcadia will travel to number six seed White Castle, and then the other matchup will be uh, in uh, in the bottom half of the brackets. Number seven Logansport at home against East Feliciana. Number two Homer, defending state champ at home against Delhi. I certainly like Kentwood and Homer, and maybe Mangum in that class. Yeah, me too. And uh, you know, let's hope the Ruse can find a way to get back to the Superdome. That would be yeah. really cool. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, really good. They beat Southern Lab at Southern Lab. They beat a 5A team as well. They're, they're a good team. All right, so on the select side, 
We now know that Warren Easton, the number one seed, will host Captain Shreve, who has to make a long trip after beating Tioga last night. A rematch game, Acadiana, Karen Crow, two district rivals, this time at Karen Crow. Acadiana won the regular season matchup 21-20. Uh, the coaching staff at Karen Crow came from Acadiana. They do the exact same things, so that'll be interesting. St. Paul's a thrilling win over Holy Cross, and, and now the Wolves, they make a long trip to northward of Shreveport in the second round. Rematch game, Brother Martin St. Aug in the regional round. St. Aug won the regular season matchup 14-13. Rematch game, 19 Jesuit against 3 John Curtis Christian. Curtis won the regular season matchup 28-10. Uh, Alexandria will be at number 6 Bird. Uh, number seven, Carr, which is, of course, laughable with the seed, but understandable, gets a rematch game with Scotlandville, whom they beat 46-8 to in the regular season. And Archbishop Rummel gets a familiar trip to make to Memorial Stadium, where it seems like they go all the time, uh, to take on the defending state champ in number two, Catholic. Anything stand out in that division? Well, I think St. Aug, Brother Mark, is going to be a heck of a game. Me too. Yeah, I think that's and I the think, one. Yeah. I, I think, I think uh, one of the things that's interesting is, is that uh, – you know, being at the Brother Martin game last night, it seems like they're starting to click on offense. Right, and, uh, right. And and that's been, the, you know, it's been a little bit of a head-scratcher this year. It has. Because they do, they do have good players, okay? I know yeah, we, I know their that, quarterback moved on, but, but Desat has done a good job. And, um, you know, when, when you've got uh, Tory Lambert and Leonardo mm -hmm. uh, and a good offensive line, look, uh, you should look. Excuse me. <laughs> you should. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Last night. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. No, I, and also, you know, I think that uh, this is the team last night that we thought we saw all season long. And uh, but St. Aug's extremely talented, so that's I think that's the the highlight game. But I also think Jesuit Curtis will be a good game. Jesuit's better uh, than when they played Curtis earlier in the year, and that's another rematch well, game that should be good. Look, you know, Kenny. One of one of the things that impressed me about Jesuit in a loss is is that I thought that they were one of the more physical teams against Carr, okay? They didn't win that game. Mm -hmm. uh, Carr pulled away in that game. But I saw the first quarter and a half, two quarters of it at Yeoman Stadium uh, last month, and I was impressed by what mm -hmm. Jesuit did. Yeah. You know, they tried to outnumber them on the perimeter, play a lot mm -hmm. of tight ends, and smash about them because yep. it's awfully hard uh, to get on the perimeter against them or – to count on continually making big plays in the passing game. Because I don't yep. think you can do that. No. Look, Jesuits won four in a row. That'll be a, a tough test for Curtis. We'll see where they play because right now, we don't know. De La Salle has Joe Yenny book next Friday night. All right, Division Two select St. Thomas more than one seed. This is a loaded class. Uh, they get Helen Cox. Good win for Helen Cox to beat St. Michael last night in a thriller. Uh, St. Louis Catholic, uh, the nine, will play a Madison Prep. Madison Prep is a real threat, too. Uh, then you got Archbishop Hannon off of a win over Kendra Discovery. They got to go play the John F. Kennedy Cougars. We'll have Leonard S.L. Page speaking at the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club this Tuesday. He's got the number one passer in the state in terms of touchdown passes, Chris Armstrong. Evangel Christian, a big win last night. They have to make a long trip to E.D. White to play the Cardinals in Thibodeau. De La Salle gets Vanderbilt Catholic in the regional round. McDonough 35, a thrilling win over Peabody. But now they have to go to Lafayette Christian. And, of course, where Archbishop Shaw plays the winner of Livingston Collegiate and Douglas, who play later on today. And then Carver, a winner last night over Booker T., will have to travel to Turlings Catholic. I mean, there's some power teams, Ed. St. Thomas Moore, Madison Prep, E.D. White Catholic, De La Salle, Lafayette Christian, Turlings Catholic. Those are all power teams, and the dark horse might be Shaw. Well, you know, Shaw's a really good team. Uh, 
their their district schedule is not all that compelling, but I think they're a lot better team than they were, loads better than when they they were when they played Rumble back in September. So, uh, like I said, I think we need about twenty photographers next week. <laughs> all right, Division Three select. It's number one seed Newman. We'll get Sophie B. Wright in the regional. Sophie B. Wright beat Darmont Woods 28-21. Country Day a winner last night without swing but now they have to go to a defending state champion in University Lab. Calvary Baptist always dangerous. We'll get North Lake Christian. The Wolverines a good win over Homer Christian last night. Uh, M.O. King Charter, Joe Riley's team, big win over Thomas Jefferson. They travel to Dunham, who's very powerful in round two. Notre Dame traditional power gets Lake Charles College prep in round two at home. Loyola prep, a winner last night. They travel to Episcopal, always tough in round two. Parkview Baptist, a winner last night. They have to travel though north now to North Caddo in the second round. And St. Charles Catholic, uh, the two-seed at home against Ascension Episcopal. Any thoughts about that class? Uh, you know, look, I, I think there's a lot of good teams in that class, but, um, you know, um, I don't know, Kenny, I, I, I just, uh, I think St. Charles Catholic's pretty good. Don't you? They're getting better if they get, and they're getting healthier. So yeah. And, and the thing about them is, is look, I, I think they have uh, a formula that travels in the playoffs. It does. And you look, you look at some, you look at some of the games they played over the years when mm-hmm. they've gone to places like Notre Dame and one. They, they beat right. Lafayette Christian. Well, right. you don't do that without running the ball and playing good defense. And I think yep. they also have, you know, they, the Samari Scott is, is back, and so is uh, Audemars. So I think their team, uh, Michael Hotard as well, I think their team is, is coming together at the right time, and I wouldn't want to play them right now. No. All right, so then finally, Division Four select Vermilion Catholic, the one seed. Boy, they're good-looking team. They get Cedar Creek at home. Southern Lab, really good team. We'll be on the road at St. Frederick, boy, like Southern Lab, even on the road. St. Mary's at home against Hanson Memorial. St. Martin's Episcopal. We had St. Martin's night last night on the radio show. Gets a home game at Tony Porterfield against Delhi Charter. Washita Christian, a real threat to win it. They always are at home against Sacred Heart. Catholic Point Compete will be at Glenbrook. Look out for Glenbrook. Undefeated football team under David Feaster. New program, and they're really good. Riverside, good football team at home against Ascension Catholic. That's a good matchup. And Opelousas Catholic will be at Central Catholic. Any thoughts about that class? Well, I'd like to see St. Martin's make a little bit of a run. I don't know. Yeah, much it would about, be great. I don't know much about Delhi Charter, but I'd like to see the Saints, you know, win some games in the playoffs. It was good talking to Coach Jen Duso last night, and, um, it would be nice to see some new blood in there. It was indeed. All right, we'll take a time out here. When we return, maybe the most thrilling game of the night in the state was live on CrescentCitySports.com last night. East St. John with an absolute thriller over Walker, 29-28. We'll talk to Brandon Brown when we return in a moment here on the 3 Tailgaters Show on 1061 FM, Nash Icon, and NashFM1061.com. Are you seeing pink everywhere? Demo Diva Hot Pink Dumpsters are painting the town pink. Clean out your business, your building, or your closet. Rent one of our pink dumpsters. Don't feel blue. Don't see red. Catch the vibe. Get the pink. Demo Diva. We service commercial, industrial, and residential customers. 504-486-4121. Demo Diva. Taking it down to the dirt. Demodiva.com. 
If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. This is Kevin Mamahat. For most of us, the largest single purchase we'll ever make is when buying a home. That's why thousands of homeowners each year choose to protect their largest investment with Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield is the only international architectural ceramic coating that gives residential and commercial owners peace of mind. Along with our 25-year warranty, our ceramic coating reflects the ultraviolet rays we experience here in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, keeping your home cooler with less strain on your air conditioner. And it's more affordable than you think. So give us a call for your free estimate, 504-407-2222, or visit rhinoshieldmidsouth.com. Call now, and you can get the guaranteed protection of Rhino Shield for 20% off the regular price, 407-2222, or visit rhinoshieldmidsouth.com. Don't paint, don't Rhino, go Rhino Shield. Never paint your house again, Rhino Shield. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon in one of his outstanding dealerships. Toyota of New Orleans, I-10 Service Road near Bullard in New Orleans East. Premier Honda at the I-10 Service Road at Bullard. Premier Nissan at Veterans in Metairie and Premier Kia at Veterans in Kenner. It's here. This weekend, Diamonds Direct's biggest and final store-wide sale of the year. Three days of extra savings. Friday through Sunday. Your final chance before the holidays to save an extra 20% on virtually everything. Rings, earrings, pendants, bands, colored gemstones. And the selection is double with entire designer lines flown in only for this event. This is the best pre-holiday shopping opportunity. The biggest sale all year. Special financing, too. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. It's this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Only at Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Just tuning in? We're just getting started with the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. What are you waiting for? Call 504-260-1061 to talk all sports all the time. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Well, if you're looking at last night's games around the state, there were many upsets, as we mentioned. Uh, there were also some good games, but... I don't know that there was a better game than the game that we had live at CrescentCitySports.com last night. In case you missed it at Joe Keller Stadium. Man, you missed a doozy. All right, so if you tuned in early, it's like, oh, ho-hum, this will be a great win for East St. John. And then here came Walker with a big comeback. And then here came East St. John coming back. And then here came Walker again. And then here came East St. John. And then Walker, one last chance. And you talk about a game of inches. It turned out that way, a field goal attempt. Uh, as time was expiring, hits the left upright, and the East St. John Wildcats in a battle. Wildcats prevail in what turned out to be a fantastic football game over Walker, and we knew it would be. That's why we picked that game. And as a result, the East St. John Wildcats advance with a 29-28 win. Joining us now, the outstanding head coach of East St. John, Coach Brandon Brown. Hey, Brandon, just a, just another night at the office. No big deal, right? <laughs> 
yes, sir. Uh, it's been a crazy year for us. Um, but, uh, but, um, you know, we excited we get the big run last night. Well, obviously, this was one of those games. I mean, as I mentioned, started off great for you. Uh, you were in control, but you played a pretty good football team, and they came roaring back, didn't they? Yes, absolutely. So, at, you know, at halftime, we go in, uh, you know, 20 to 7, and we knew that they would come storming back. And that was the message, y'all, you know, at halftime. We tell our guys to things. We knew that Walker would come in and, and fight, and they did. And so, um, you know, it, it was amazing uh, feeling, you know, uh, you know, I told those guys, you know, at this point, you know, you know, uh, you know, it's lose or go home. And so we knew Walker would give our best effort, and we had to match that to give our best effort. And so, um, you know, that was the message all night. Just finish, just finish. You know, I was glad I got to it. Ed, coach, knowing all the stuff you went through last year, how satisfying has this year been for you? Well, you know what, you know, this year's been amazing. Um, you know, just to see our kids, our community. You know, we have such a great, resilient group of guys, and so. Um, you know, last year was really, really tough, and so um, we needed this. We needed this year. You know, we just needed a, this year just a just a sense of normalcy and you know just a, just a sense of resurgence. And so you know, um, we still have a young group, and so you know we're trying to figure it out. You know, but you know I, I, I love my guys, and so they're fighting their butts off for me. Coach, I mean, you look at the way the game unfolded. I guess the biggest thing, just you know, we're in studio watching on our website. Uh, certainly, Yeshua has been good all year for you, but talk about, you know, your wide receiver because he's been really good all year, and he was really special last night. I'm talking about Dakai Joseph, and, and, I mean, they tried to double him. They bracketed him. didn't make any difference. He was just that good. Yes, sir. You know, uh, you know last night is what, you know, it's what you're going to get from Dakai. Dakai, just, just his overall body of work. The kid worked extremely hard, you know, on and off the field, and so – um, you know, it's a shocker to some people, but it's not tough because we see it every day. Um, you know, he, he just works his butt off. And so um, I'm glad that he's on my team and I, and I, I have him on as a weapon and not have to cover him. So um, he's done awesome for us all year. Like you said, teams have tried to double him and even triple him at some point. And so um, he, he's a player. And so, you know, going down the stretch, I mean, we knew we had to get the ball in our best player hand, and, and we did. Yeah. So, Coach, when they lined up for the field goal, what did you do? Well, you know, when it's kind of some uh, confusion, um, we knew they didn't have any more timeouts. And, uh, you know, we tackled a guy inbound, and, and all of a sudden the ref stopped the clock. And so I was like, you know, what's going on? And so, uh, you know, it, it, just, it was just uh, just a crazy feeling. And at that point, you know, I told a lot of guys we had to go try to block it. And so, uh, you know, we uh, – Man, it, it was so emotional. It was so emotional, but you know, uh, you know, I'm glad that he missed it, man. Uh, you know, like you say, it's a game of inches, and so uh, you know, it, it rolled in our favor last night. Well, obviously, I mean, when you saw that kick, you know, in the air, did you have a feeling about it? <laughs> did you? I've watched it like five times now. Did you? Did you have a feeling that it was going to miss? Did you think it was going through, or what, or what were you thinking? Well, you know what, so, you know, we, we talk about believing over here, you know, um, you know, we, we have a strong faith in, in a good Lord, and so we just talked about believing, that's kind of been our message, so, you know, uh, I, I just believe we, we would block it or he would miss it, and that was just the whole mindset, you know, we had to block it or he would miss it, and so, uh, he worked out non you know, he missed it. Yeah, and that was the case, I mean, it was very close, but he hit the left upright, and you feel bad for the young man in that situation. 
But you feel good about your own team. I mean, they ran a flea flicker play to, to get that thing into position. And, you know, obviously, uh, they, they threw everything at you. You knew that was coming. And, and I knew that even though you looked at the seeds, you knew this was going to be a tough game. That's why we picked it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Coach Mahaffey does an excellent job. You know, everybody has been, you know, he's, he has a championship pedigree. And so we knew we were having guys ready to play. And, uh, you know, like you said, you know, looking at the seeds, you know, this point of the year, you know, none of that matters. And so we, we knew that Walker would be a very, very good opponent. And so, uh, you know, and we've kind of been in the slump. You know, we started off 8 know, and lost, uh, you know, a, a game that was highly anticipated, game against Destrand, and then brought one against Holy Cross. And, you know, you know, all week long, I told our guys, we would have to respond. You know, I said, guys, we have to respond. You know, we, we had to kind of get ourselves out of that downward trend of, you know, we had lost two in a row, and we, we couldn't go to three in a row. And I told them, guys, you know I mean? You know, in the state of Louisiana, there's only 20 quarters of football left, you know, in all classifications. And uh, we were fortunate enough to have four of those quarters. And I told them, you know, it wasn't a guarantee we'll get four more unless we played our best ball. And so uh, we knew Walker had the same mindset. You know, they, had, they, they understood it. You know, they were only guaranteed four quarters. And so uh, we knew they would come out and give us everything they had. And they did. You know, you know, hats off to our guys for, for what we went on to finish. And? So, Coach, when you get into a little bit of a late-season swoon like that, how much has that concerned you as a coach? You know, uh, it, it concerned me a little bit, you know. But then again, you know, we have to forget about it because I, I realized that, you know, my coaching staff and my, and my, my players are depending on me. And so, you know, you just have to, you know, just show that leadership and show that moxie about yourself. And so, uh, and I knew it wasn't the end of the world. You know I mean? Number one, Death is a real good team. And then number two, you know, you can look at records, but then again, when you look at Holy Cross body of work, they were a good team as well. You know, I mean, a lot of the games were one-score games. They have been playing good ball all year. And so, uh, you know, unfortunately, we, we turned over the ball several times inside a red zone. And so we knew if we can fix those things, uh, we would be okay. And uh, last night, you know, that was the message. You know, had to eliminate the turnovers and eliminate the big plays. And so, and, uh, you know, we did that. And so, uh, you know, we just blessed and fortunate to come out with a win. So now you move on, and that's the good news. Bad news is you got to make a long trip, it looks like, to go to Haughton, the 27th seed. They upset airline last night. Have you started to look at that yet, and what do you think about next week? Absolutely. So Haughton, you know, he's a very good opponent. So, um, you know, the airline beat him early in the year, uh, I guess about week uh, seven or eight. And so we understood, you know, you know, it's hard to beat a, a team twice. And so uh, we knew it would go either way. And so, uh, you know, um, but yeah, I'm looking at Hawthorne now, and, you know, they, they're a very, very dangerous opponent. You know, they have a pretty good quarterback, throws the ball well, and they're very balanced offense. So, um, you know, we got to go up there and, you know, take the long trip and be able to go play our best ball. You know, but um, speaking to my team after the game, you know, I told them that's, that's what it's about. You know, I mean, just to be blessed to still be playing ball in November, I mean, you know, you're going to start taking road trips. You know, you're going to start having to, you know, face better opponents. And so, um, you know, we just got to go play our best football. Ed, final thought? Well, Coach, we're proud of you. I, I, uh, I know how much you've uh, dealt with in the last year, and uh, Kenny and I are both big fans of yours. And we, we always want you to do well. I want you to know that. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot. Well, Brandon Brown, East St. John, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on the win. Have a great week of practice, and safe trip up to North Louisiana next Friday. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's okay, Coach. All right, Brandon Brown.
of East St. John. We'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061. When we return, following this brief timeout, we'll talk about the LSU Tigers set to play at 11 a.m. against Arkansas. It's cold there. We'll talk about it when we return. Still to come, Tulane, big game with Central Florida, the Saints in Pittsburgh, the Pelicans as well. All of that as we march on with the Three Tailgater Show here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Hey, sports fans, this is Louisiana State Treasurer John Schroeder. Teamwork is critical to success. This is why my team at Unclaimed Property wants to return your cash to you. Right now, there are over $1 billion that belong to Louisiana citizens. Unclaimed Property has lost or forgotten money from bank accounts, stocks, bonds, wages, insurance, and investment payouts never received. But don't worry, the Louisiana Treasury team is here to help. We've found your money and want to return it to you. Visit lacashclaim.org for your cash. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Gifting season is here. It's not too early to find the perfect presents like the styles every guy loves from Untuck It. Get ahead of your holiday shopping with wrinkle-free shirts, long-sleeve polos, cozy sweaters, and more. Untuck It shirts are designed to be worn untucked, so they help guys to look sharp and feel casual. That's why he'll love unwrapping one of our iconic shirts this year. Now's the time to beat the rush and find the perfect shirt at Untuck It or at over 80 stores. Untuck It. Shirts designed to be worn untucked. You know on a Saturday morning when you're warm, comfy, and all cozied up in bed, and there isn't anything in the world that could make you get up? Till your hubby asks if you want to go to Mickey D's to get sausage McGriddles and hash browns, then just like that, you're up and moving. The This Is How You Good Morning deal. There's a deal for every morning on the McDonald's $1-2-3 menu. Order ahead on the McDonald's app and get all your favorite breakfast items, like sausage McGriddles, sausage McMuffin, and hash browns for just a few bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using Upside, the free app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back just for buying the gas I was going to buy anyway. But is it a hassle to use? No, it's super fast and easy, and I can cash out whenever I want. That's a total no-brainer. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code PLAY for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's promo code PLAY. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code PLAY for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code PLAY. Parents, are you tired of helping put your kids' shoes on? They're squirming, watching cartoons, anything but helping. Luckily, it's Skechers to the rescue introducing new hands-free sketchers slip-ins footwear you can just get your kids to step into and their shoes are on you don't need to bend over you don't need to sit on the floor and try to wrangle them on and they're available in all types of sketchers styles with and without laces and most are machine washable find sketchers slip-ins for kids or mom and dad at a sketchers store sketchers.com or wherever stylish shoes are sold 
Dave Miet Insurance is a full-service independent insurance agency since 1958, offering auto, home, life, health, business, and commercial policies, serving the East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, and River Parishes. Dave Miet Insurance is your one-stop insurance specialist. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMietInsAgency.com. You want the total sports package? Let's talk prep, college, pro, all sports, all the time. You get it all from the three tailgaters on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com with Ken and Ed. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. LSU at Arkansas coming up at the top of the hour. and. The Tigers, of course, coming off of a huge win over Alabama, only a three-and-a-half-point favorite, an indication of how tough this game can be. K.J. Jefferson, of course, looks like he'll play, and he's a load running the football. He can throw it as well, and Arkansas always plays LSU tough, and, and the weather's cold. So, Ed, I guess the big question here is is the obvious, which is the guard against a letdown. And you know, Brian Kelly said during the week that his team was approaching things well. Well, you would expect him to say that. I, I thought the and I was the one who asked him the question. No. I thought the most interesting thing he said was is that um, they practiced outside in cold weather in January, February, and March to get ready for this. So that's probably something he brought with him from Notre Dame, you know. But I don't think the cold weather should be an issue. And again, I think they have a team uh, that travels well because of the identity that they've developed. I thought one of the things he said that was really interesting, Kenny, was that, uh, you know, certain offenses win you games, but there's offenses that win you championships. And, you know, I think he threw a little shade on some of these spread offenses, and it's clear that he thinks that they have to compete up front to be able to have a chance to win the SEC. Because if, if you win the SEC – you can win the national championship. And, uh, you know, I thought one of the most interesting plays of the game was something I don't think LSU would have even attempted against Alabama for several years. It was third and seven, and it was the play right before the catch by Mason Taylor, his, his uh, touchdown reception in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. And it was the play right before that. It was third and seven. And LSU ran inside zone, handed the ball, to Josh Williams, who broke one tackle and got 14 yards. And to me, uh, that said a lot about LSU, but I thought it also said a lot about Alabama's interior defense as well. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Now, uh, apparently, uh, some that are at the game are now reporting that Jefferson may not play. So Right, I didn't think he, I didn't think he was going to play yeah, yeah. because uh, the way Sam Pittman was talking during the week, yeah, uh, his his shoulder was, you know, when you t- when you say your quarterback can't throw the ball without pain, well, I mean, you know, this is this is a break for LSU if that's how it turns out. It sets up perfectly for them. They should have no excuses. Well, there ain't no doubt about that. So look, they've got to show up and play again. I said last week that it was a mature game for Tulane to have to go on the road and win at Tulsa as a favorite and a better team. They had to get it done. This is a maturity game for LSU. They're on the road. They're a little bit better than Arkansas, 
And if Arkansas's quarterback doesn't play, all the more reason why LSU has to approach this as a mature football team and take care of business. Well, there's no doubt about that. Look, they, they bounced back from a bad loss against Tennessee and, and started to play their best ball of the season. So they've proved they can bounce back. Now they've got to prove that they can be a little bit of a front runner here because that's what they are now. They're, mm-hmm. they're back. Um, I don't want to say they're the top echelon of the league, but they're back near the top echelon of the league. Yeah. And if that's what you are, then you win this game. Yeah, look, I couldn't agree more. As for where this football team is right now, they get a little healthier on defense with some guys coming back. Uh, they get a little healthier on offense with Dellinger coming back. Uh, are pieces just falling into place for this team at the right time? Well, you would like to think so, but, you know, they still have to win today's game. They do, and again, we're going to find out a lot about this team. I don't know how, what more we can say about Jaden Daniels because five weeks ago we, we were even wondering and questioning, and everybody was openly questioning whether you know, you had the right guy or whether they should even try somebody else. Five weeks later, this guy's playing as well as any quarterback in the country. Well, you got to put it in perspective, Kenny. He threw for 80 yards against Auburn. Yes. I mean, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, the defense, I think, defense and running game won that game. The, the, the passing attack did not win that game. I think that's, that's pretty obvious. And, uh, you know, look, um, since then, I think what happened was he got off to a really good start against um, – against Florida. And I think ever since that first half against Florida, um, you know, he's gotten a lot of confidence. I, I thought, you know, early in the game he found Kayshawn Butte over the middle, mm-hmm. turned into a big play, and just seemed like once they got a little momentum against Florida and they got their passing attack working, then I think that uh, he really uh, <clears throat> came on. Plus, you know, what he's also doing is, you know, and I think what Brian Kelly talked about too was, you know, guys aren't going to be wide open. You have to throw some 50-50 balls. And and if you look at some of those throws that he made in, in that game and made in the Alabama game, I mean, Mason Taylor was well covered. The, the ball in the end zone, the, the, the young, young guy from Alabama was right on him. So, but he made the throw anyhow. And I think that's what you have to do because guys are not going to be wide open. Yeah, it was a good throw, well-executed play, great decision. Had a couple of people question me, said, oh, would you have said it was a good decision if they missed it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Instantaneously tweeted as soon as they scored to go for two. So 100% the right decision. The odds of stopping Alabama from the 25 in overtime with the tired defense are slim and not. So you play to win, and this was an opportunity to play to win. They played the win, and they won the game. Uh, And again, Brian Kelly – could not beat Alabama or even come close at Notre Dame. What you saw last Saturday night is why Brian Kelly made the decision that he made. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, look, um, you know, he's look, look at look at the look at what they've been able to do. You know, not only in the transfer portal, but with the guys that they've recruited. I mean, look at their freshman class. They did not have a big freshman class, but all of those guys that are on that freshman class. Those guys are all going to be, I think, high picks in the NFL draft. You know, Will Campbell, Emory Jones, Harold Perkins, who's terrific, and uh, and Mason Taylor. I mean, those are that's 
If you've got a recruiting class that includes four freshmen like that, then you're on your way. Plus, you know, what they did in the transfer portal. And I think one of the things that's helped them over the last uh, three or four weeks is having Joe Fouché available, and he's been really good, Kenny. He's made a lot of plays, plus he can tackle around the box. He nice. made some nice tackles the other night that, you know, he's he's just he's just really, really solid. And, uh, um, boy, those are, those, are, those are good people to have. They are. And, of course, the running backs have played better. Emory made a good big play last week. Of course, Josh Williams has been pretty good. Look, I mean, they're, they're just a little better everywhere than the team we saw even four or five weeks ago. Well, they are. And, uh, you know, look, if you, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, look, Josh Williams and, and, uh, and even Armani Goodwin and Emory have, have been good. But, you know, you, you wonder what they would, would be like if they had a back like Jameer Gibbs offensively. They'd be a load. And I'm not throwing any shade on those other guys because as a, as a trio, those guys have performed extremely well. And John Emery's done a nice job. Josh Williams is just a terrific story. And, um, but they don't have what I would consider a true number one tailback. Do you? No, I don't think they, I don't think they have that guy. I think they've got solid players who can definitely play in the league and, and help you win, but they don't have that guy that can make a difference. Right, but you know what? They've been able to do it. And look, their offensive line's gotten a lot better. And, you know, they just they have a nice chemistry right now. You know, if you look at that block that Josh Williams made on Daniels' touchdown run in mm-hmm. overtime, that was, a, that was a tremendous block to hustle out there and chop that guy down to give Jaden Daniels a chance to score. I mean, you know, they're just uh, they're, they're a team that, uh, that is obviously growing in confidence, and um, um, they just got to keep it going. You know, if they can win today and Alabama can win, then, then they're in, the, um, they're in the, the conference championship game. But I, I think what they're looking is they, they want to they win out. You know, they want to win out. They want to be 10-2. and two, And if lightning struck and somehow they'd upset Georgia, then LSU's in the playoff, and I think Brian Kelly's the coach of the year in college football. Don't you? Yes, I was just going to bring that up next. Is there a path for them to get to the playoff? I think there is. It's not easy, but at this at this point, I still think there's a great chance for two SEC teams to be in the playoff because Tennessee is five right now, and if Tennessee wins, wins out and they've got one loss, I don't see how they keep them out of the top four, even though they're not in the SEC championship game. So, uh, so how, do then keep, how do you keep then LSU? LSU. They beat Georgia and Alabama. How do you? Well, that well that that that's what I'm getting at. So, Ohio State wins out. I think we all agree they're in no matter what. Correct? Yeah. I yeah, they're so. in. They're in no matter what. So who else? Georgia, Ohio State. Who else is in? I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe yeah. one of the Pac-12 teams, you know. Maybe. Well, that was what I was going to bring up next. I mean, is yeah. one of the Pac-12 teams probably, which means it only leaves room for one SEC team. And if it comes down to Tennessee, a one-loss team, and LSU, a two-loss team, and Tennessee beat the stew out of LSU on its home field, and yet LSU, you know, did what it did and ended up winning the SEC championship – you talk about a tough call, Ed. That that's going to be a brutally tough call. Well, I think I think that uh, in that case LSU would get in. 
I really do. And mm-hmm. um, I, I know the Tennessee people would howl over that. And, and you know, I understand. That's why I think, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of football left to be played. And look, yeah. uh, against Georgia, anybody in the SEC is going to be a considerable underdog. Would you agree? Well, based on what I saw last week, yes. I mean, the team that we saw, the Georgia team we saw against Oregon to start the year was phenomenal. And then, you know, Georgia kind of hit a little bit of a lull. They were still winning, but not quite as impressive. But the team we saw last week against Tennessee, that looked like the team we saw against Oregon. That's a dominant football team. Oh, and there's no doubt. I mean, that is a dominant football team. But again, you know, the playoff, if, if LSU beats Georgia and Alabama and they don't get in, then the playoff is a farce. Because what you did in November... And December, I think, is supposed to carry the most weight, don't you? Well, yeah, not to mention yeah. the fact that you got through the conference championship game. So, and look, uh, but and the- I'm, I'm not throwing any shade on Tennessee because they're no. a good team. Yeah. And I think, I think Tennessee would deserve to be in. <laughs> but if you, look at, if you look at LSU's resume, to beat Georgia and Alabama, and then the committee would say, oh, you know, great, but you're not good enough, you're not mm-hmm. good enough to get in. I just don't think... I don't think that's that's. I just don't think it's possible. So so then you you have to ask yourself the the obvious question, which would infuriate the rest of the country: Is it possible that three SEC teams could get into the fourteen playoff? Yes, yes. That was my next point. Well, I mean, look, you look at the resumes. You know, if Georgia Georgia goes through the whole season unbeaten and they lose in the SEC championship. Then they're one lost Georgia team, and they're not. To me, they're not out of the top four. Tennessee lost by two touchdowns to Georgia on Georgia's home field. But Tennessee's an excellent team, and they beat Alabama. And Alabama and LSU. If that's how it all shook out, or it all shakes out. <coughs> excuse me. LSU would have wins over Georgia and Alabama, and to me, those are three resumes that supersede really anybody else. I agree with you. I, I, I think it's, it's an interesting scenario, to say the least. It's got to play itself out, but obviously there's a lot of football to be played. Uh, 504-260-1061. Joe's in Mandeville. Hey, Joe, good morning. How are you? Yeah, it surprises me. Y'all haven't brought up a Big 12 champion at all. TCU what league is that, Joe? That they're not going to get in. Joe, TCU? Well, TCU's going to lose to Texas today. So. Well, let's hope so. Even though Joe, what league are you talking about? Big 12, is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well I'm just saying, come on. Mm-hmm. You lost to Florida State. Mm-hmm. You got drilled by Tennessee. Just because mm-hmm. you're Johnny come lately in the last five games doesn't mean well, you deserve I don't, a I don't. title. I don't think I don't think beating Alabama and Georgia is Johnny come lately. Well, Joseph, Alabama, you got to admit is descendant, don't you think? They should have four losses. Well, they're not they're not as good as they've been in the past. There you go. But okay. you know what? That's all I'm saying. But but you know what? Hey, LSU beat them. All right. And in your backyard I, on one <laughs> in an overtime. No no come no, on. Joe. No no no, Joe. No no no. That was a. That was a really good effort <laughs> in that game. And you know okay. what, Joe? I hope, I hope that uh, LSU gets a chance at some point to play the Big 12 champion. 
Well, y'all said that about Georgia, too, and look what happened. Well, I'm being serious. Yeah, this is where the arrogance kicks in. Okay, and I was. Well, and it was the same you know, way. Joe. I look at it, Joe. It's the best league in the country. That's why Texas was dying to get in it. Okay, it's the best league in the country. There's no question about it. And if that's why no, Brian Kelly was dying to get in it. That's why Brian Kelly was dying to get in it too, Joe. And that's why your Hook'em Horns will be in it no later than twenty. 25 because they were dying to get in it. Got nothing to do about what we're talking about here. This thing needs to be a 12 team playoff simply because you're talking three SEC teams in the final four. I don't think that I don't think that's going to happen. I just raised the possibility. I suggested uh-huh. there would be two. I suggested there would be two. The question is which two. That's what I said. I brought up the last point about the possibility of it happening. That's all. All right, all right, okay. Let's hope it. And, and you know, Joe, I'm being Joe, as, far as, as far as the Go twelve ahead. team playoff, okay, I like the twelve team playoff in this regard. I think it helps bowls like the Sugar Bowl because if there's a twelve team playoff, the very least the Sugar Bowl will be every year is a quarterfinal. So that's good for New Orleans and that's good for us. But the only thing I would say about the twelve team playoff: look how many blowouts there have been in the semifinals. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if the games are going to be any better. That's, right. that's my only hesitation about it. Yep. Let me just say this. There has been precedent, okay, when there was a conference champion with two losses and they didn't get in the playoff, okay, numerous times, okay. It's simple arrogance of the SEC thinking they're going to get in with two losses. <laughs> Drives me crazy. Well, That's you why know, I had to call. LSU, All right, Joe. LSU got in. Appreciate with two the call, losses. Joe. We'll let you get away. Go ahead, Ed. LSU got in with two losses and triple overtime in 2007, and I think that they proved they were the best team in the country because at the Superdome they mauled the Ohio State University. All right, Joe. Always good to hear from you. Five zero four two six zero one zero six one. That's five zero four two six zero. 1061 to join in the conversation. We'll take a time out here. When we return, we'll talk Tulane Green Wave against Central Florida. Big matchup still to come in the show. We'll touch on the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll get into the New Orleans Saints and their matchup at Pittsburgh against the Steelers as well. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. Three Tailgaters show. Hour two begins right after this time out here on 1061 FM Nash Icon and at Nash FM 1061.com. Ring in the new year with the 89th All-State Sugar Bowl. Since 1935, the Sugar Bowl has been a New Orleans New Year's tradition. And this year, the best of the SEC and Big 12 will square off on New Year's Eve in the Caesars Superdome. So kick off your New Year's celebration with a college football masterpiece. For tickets, visit AllStateSugarBowl.org and download the free Sugar Bowl mobile app. The All-State Sugar Bowl is presented by Allstate, the Louisiana Office of Tourism, and Taco Bell. It's here. Diamonds Direct's amazing pre-holiday store-wide sale. This weekend, three days of extra savings store-wide. That's an extra 20% off all earrings, all bracelets, all bands, all pendants, all fashion jewelry. Virtually everything in every case is on sale. The lowest prices of the year and your last chance for store-wide savings before Christmas. You can't miss this. Engagement rings on sale. Eternity bands on sale. Exclusive designer jewelry on sale. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday only. And only at Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. 
Offer not valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me where'd you get that money? Oh, this? Oh, man. All this money came from 43money.com right online. Are you saying you went to 43money.com and got all that money you needed fast? Man, you know it. I went to 43money.com yesterday and bam, five grand was in my account today. Straight up. Now hold on. 43money.com helped you get 5K like that? Yeah, man, that's right. 43money.com's lenders provide personal loans for up to $5,000 for people like you and me, even if you don't have good credit. Man, I'm always short on cash. Can 43money.com help me get the money I need fast? If you need extra money fast, go to 43money.com. Just have a checking account and a regular source of income. Go to 43money.com and you can get the loan you need now. Regardless of your credit, go to 43money.com to get the money you need fast. Type www. 43money.com directly into the address bar. That's 43money.com. Again, 43money.com. 43money.com. Ad paid for by the Sentinel Group. Attention Marines, military personnel, families, and contractors who were stationed at Camp Lejeune. Were you present at Camp Lejeune between August 1953 and December of 1987? You may be entitled to significant compensation. For nearly 34 years, those in the Marine Corps' base Camp Lejeune were exposed to contaminated drinking water, resulting in devastating injuries including several forms of cancer, adverse birth outcomes, Parkinson's disease, and more. North Carolina's procedural laws have prevented victims from getting the justice they deserve. But passage of the Camp Lejeune Justice Act of 2022 would allow you or a loved one to file lawsuits seeking compensation for illnesses and injuries linked to the toxic water. Call today for your free consultation. 800-805-9967. Let our experienced attorneys fight to get you the compensation you deserve. And you pay nothing unless there's a recovery in your favor. Call 800-805-9967. That's 800-805-9967. Again, 800-805-9967. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. The second hour begins. It's the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and at CrescentCitySports.com. Be a part of the show. Call 504-260-1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Glad you're with us as our second hour begins here this evening and, of course, this morning, I should say. And we'll get into the Saints and Pelicans coming up in just a little bit. But obviously, there's a lot to talk about with regard to Tulane. The Green Wave with a big game against Central Florida today. And that game, of course, at Yulman Stadium at 2.30, national television on ESPN2. And, again, this is a great opportunity. This is a virtually even game. Central Florida is a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, Tulane at home against a team that, you know, that can really score. Gus Malson is a good coach. He, John Rice Plumley can certainly run the ball, and they've thrown it effectively. They can score. Tulane's defense has been good. They're going to have to be good in this game. They're going to have to uh, slow down UCF. I don't think they'll stop them. They're going to slow them down. And then it's all, all about the fact that, the two-lane offense plays well and has a balanced attack to be able to come out of this one victorious. This is a huge game, man, and high anticipation. I got the feeling this is going to be one of those really exciting games. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the 30s. Thoughts? Well, you have the two best defenses in the American. So, uh, But I think the total was, what, 54? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that'll be, uh, that'll be close to that. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> One thing I would say about Plumley is is that he is coming off a concussion, 
Yes. And, and if you look at the one that he got a couple of weeks ago, it was pretty nasty. So um, I think that is um, – that I don't know if that's a – I don't know, Kenny. I don't know if that's a, uh, you know, a, a real factor or not. Yeah, I mean, the but, question is, is that going to impact – the way you run your offense, because part of their offense, obviously, is him running the football. Well, it is. I mean, they're a lot like they're a lot like LSU with Jaden Daniels. Very similar in that regard. Yeah, yeah, they are, and uh, you know, they're they're very dependent on his legs, and um, you know, I don't I don't think there's there's any there's any doubt that um, you know they're dependent on him. The one thing I would say is that you know I watch all these quarterbacks play, Kenny and. And uh, so many of them do not want to run out of bounds, and it's it's and and there was clearly a situation where he did not want to run out of bounds. Yeah, we've seen that a few times uh, over the course of time, and of course it happened as well to you know Tulane earlier this year with regard to you know what transpired with you know with Justin Ibietta. So. Really, uh, really difficult situation. When quarterbacks take off, it's always a risk. But again, when you look at Tulane, and I guess, you know, last week, kind of a pedestrian passing game at Tulsa. They made a play or two, but not much. But they ran the ball incredibly well. Uh, this is a team that has the ability to do both. Michael Pratt was really good in the month of October, amateur athlete of the month for the Greater New Orleans uh, Hall of Fame committee, which we're on. And of course, they've run the ball. Getting Shoddy Clayton healthy has certainly helped uh, to complement Tajay Spears, who's been terrific. Bottom line is that they're showing the ability to have balance, and I think that's a key for Tulane. Well, it is. I, I think you don't want to get into a situation where, and I've heard Willie Fritz a couple of times this year say, well, you know, for instance, against Southern Miss, we should have run the ball more. And I think that's that's they don't want to get uh, pass happy because, look, I think you've got to play – to the strength of your team, and the strength of your team, I think are your running backs and your and your offensive line. And look, your quarterback can run too, so why not? Yeah, look, it's going to be an intriguing game. Uh, Malson probably chuckling under his breath right now about what's happening at Auburn. I would think. Well, you know what he could he can chuckle too, and one of the reasons he can chuckle is because he got a forty million dollar buyout. I think that's what he got, right? Carson got sixteen million, and he got forty. He got a lot of money, but he was a pretty good football coach, and obviously wasn't as appreciated maybe as he should have been. So, but again, the but records. But that's but that's but that's Auburn, Kenny. Yeah, it's Auburn. Uh, it is. You're right. They've, they've all they've always they've always had uh, a very short leash, and the one thing that they don't understand is, is that you know those those kind of things can catch up with you. No doubt about it. And now he's at Central Florida where they've got good facilities. That's a huge school. I've been there a few times. And they've got a nice stadium, great facilities, enormous student body. Uh, you know, they were uh, one of those schools trying to claim a national championship, you might recall, a few years ago. But it's a good program that's consistently good. Not great, but it's good. So this is a real test. And what do you make of the, the fact that it's a one-and-a-half-point spread? Uh, I'm, I'm not, I, I would imagine that it's a pretty even game that, that doesn't really, uh, 
that doesn't really phase me, Kenny. I, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised in the least by that. I, I think that, uh, you know, what, what, the, what the gambling shops are trying to do is get the uh, is get the most money that they can, you know. And um, I think that that's a line that's going to attract action on on both sides. How does Tulane win this game? I mean, the simplistic. Uh, answer is, you know, don't turn the ball over. He who makes the fewest turnovers wins. I mean, I know that's obviously one of the big factors. The other factor, uh, I would say, for Tulane is to be able to to win time of possession, control the football. Well, I think that's a big part of it, too. But, again, I I think that one of the things you got to do is you got to play to your defense. And you know what? Also, Kenny, at some point here in November, it's going to come down to – a makeable field goal, all right? It's going to come down to that either against uh, these guys or against SMU or against Cincinnati. And that's why they brought D'Ambrosio in. And um, it's, going to, it's going to come down to, to one of those. I mean, it hasn't really just yet. But you know that's coming because all of these teams are, uh, are extremely, uh, extremely close. Yeah, look you got to play good football. you got to be sound in the kicking game, and you can't turn the ball over. And, of course, you need your veteran quarterback to perform like it uh, when you know things are, are in the balance, and I think that Tulane is looking forward to that. By the way, LSU gets the ball first against Arkansas on a cold day, so the Tigers uh, with the football first, so we don't know about K.J. Jefferson yet, although Hornsby looks like he's got his helmet on and might be the starter when Arkansas gets the football. We'll keep you posted on that. So, Ed, if you, if you project out and if Tulane, if Tulane can win out, uh, the Green Wave are going to be, in all likelihood, a New Year's Day bowl game. First time since 1940. Yep. That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Oh, my goodness. It would be incredible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, considering they were a two-win team, when you talk about uh, Coach of the Year candidates in college football, you'd have to put Willie Fritz up there. Here's the Agreed. thing that I would ask. Yeah. Uh, if the Kansas job becomes vacant, is he a candidate? Don't know, Ed. I uh, don't know. I mean, look, again, uh, you have to weigh everything, and it depends on what the job is in terms of what might be of interest to him at this stage of his career. I don't think you just leave for another, you know, another Division One job, as it were, or FBS job, unless it's a Power Five. Uh, and it's a good power five. We're somewhere where you can absolutely win. So that's just my opinion. I've always said they had a greater chance to keep this coach than they had any other previous coach uh, in recent years. By the way, Jaden Daniels has just been sacked twice in a row. So not a, uh, not a good look for LSU. They're coming out trying to throw the ball, and it's not working at all. So trying to understand that on a cold day, but that's what they're doing. So whatever the case well, may yeah. be. Well, you know, Kenny, it's, it's, it's not far. It's not ha- far from the penthouse to the outhouse, really, is it? And uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't know how that all uh, turns out. But the one thing they've got to do is, you know, it's got to take care of the football. And if they don't have any success on the first series, then guess what? Punt. That's not the end of the world. Well, guess what? On third and eighteen, they just ran twenty yards, Josh Williams, for a first down. So, <laughs> so ran right up go. the. They ran up the middle on third and eighteen. For 20 yards and a first down. So, well, go, fi- you know, go figure. Look, that, that shows you, though, and I'm, I'm watching that right now. That, sh- that shows you, Kenny, that, um, that 
they have a tremendous amount of confidence in their offensive line and their running game because that they've been doing that since since they got hot as a football team about a month ago. Uh, they've been able to do yeah. that. Well, and, they, uh, they've got, they've got to make able to run and make make mm-hmm. yards on long downs. All right. So my observation: they've got to make an adjustment immediately. Arkansas is showing a three-man front, a five-man box, and they're spying Jaden Daniels. And all LSU is doing is dropping back with Daniels to throw, and they're either sacking him or they're, they're trapping him for a one-yard gain. LSU needs to line up and run the football against this front. Arkansas continues to throw a th- show a three-man front, and LSU is still dropping back. I don't really understand that. Just run the football against a five-man front. That's all. And that's what they just well, did ju- just now, and they're going to make a big run out of that. So, I mean, that's right. what they need to do is make the adjustment, just line up and run against this five-man front. Well, you know, that's what they ought to be able to do anyhow because they're the better team. Now, I know it was a speed sweep, but yes. that's what they ought to be able to do anyhow. Well, you've got the numbers. I mean, that's the whole thing is when right. they're lining up in a five-man box, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to run the ball. And they're continuously lining up in a three-man down situation. So just keep running the ball until they stop you. And... Uh, of course, they tried to throw the ball again and throw an interception. There you go. So I, I don't understand what they're trying to do, Ed. I have no idea what they're trying to do. Why are you trying to throw the ball when you're running so successfully? They're playing a three-man front, and Daniels throws an interception on a play fake. It makes no sense at all. None. Yep. Well, so you, know, you just I, that's, a, you, that's a question, I guess, for tonight and Monday. But I don't really understand the whole uh, – whole concept there because i mean they're 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 way off the line of scrimmage that and he, that was not and a he, good choice either terrible choice and he threw the ball right to him uh right. terrible terrible decision poor play calling poor execution and now you've given an underdog big life and big excitement early on exactly what you didn't want to do uh in this game so that puts arkansas on its own 43 on its first possession and Hornsby's the quarterback, by the way. It's not Jefferson. So, so there's that. Is uh, it's not Jefferson. So he's he's not playing. That takes a, certainly a big part of their offense out of it. Which of course he can throw it, but he runs the ball extremely well. That's the biggest part of that. So well, what they what they do with him is they empty the box and then he runs, and he's very tough to stop because he's like a mm-hmm. like a big fullback or a tight end. Right. You can see they're they're, they're going to have a hard time running the ball on this LSU front. And they're certainly not going to respect the quarterback running like they did the other guy. There's no way. Not at all. Agreed. So my guess is LSU was expecting one look from Arkansas, and they had a game plan for it. They're not getting that look, but you got to adjust when they're continuously playing you the same way with a three-man front. You just have to line up and run it right at them. I mean, that's it. I mean, you made 20 yards running right up the middle on third and 18. You run a speed sweep and make 12, so you go back to trying to drop back and throw the ball again. Uh, I, I don't know. But well, I mean, me. you know, Kenny, the, the one thing you got to do is you got to adjust. But, hey, you know, I think you've seen already that this is the, uh, this is the better team. And, um, you know, they've got a decided edge at the quarterback position today, and, and they've got to be able to make it work. Indeed. All right, so we've seen a lot of – projections that actually have Tulane and LSU meeting in the Cotton Bowl. Eh? That, that, would be, that would be unreal, wouldn't it? be pretty interesting, wouldn't it? Well, we could, we could decide that issue on the field of who the best team in Louisiana is. Yes, without a doubt. You know, we see that all the time, and it would be a fantastic game to see since they don't play each other. 
and haven't played each other in a while. And there's a good working relationship between the, the coaches, both schools, good people. And, of course, uh, it would be fun to watch. But, you know, for LSU, it's a, it's a take care of business day. For Tulane, it's a, it's a huge step forward day because not only is it against a good opponent, but it's a nationally televised game on ESPN2. Well, this program's getting the notice that it, it deserves at this point. Right. Well, just, you know, just here's the dynamics, though, Kenny, of the conference, okay, if you look at it. Um, LSU, there's still, still possibly, even though Joe disagrees, there's still possibly a path to a, to a playoff with two losses. For Tulane, there is no path to a New Year's Day Bowl with a second loss. And that's the, I don't want to say the, the problem, but it is. That's the issue for power, for, uh, for a group of uh, five schools, is that, um, you know, there's such little margin for error. And they're going to have to win out. They're going to have to win. They're going to have to win their next four games to, to do that. And that means potentially beating uh, Cincinnati or Central Florida twice. So uh, it's not going to be easy. Wow. No doubt about it. Look, I mean, it's, it's going to be a situation where, you know, again, none of these games will be easy for either one. Tulane will be tough today. SMU won't be easy. Cincinnati on the road, obviously. It's tough. LSU with Arkansas. And I know Texas A&M's had a very disappointing year, but they hate LSU, and you got to go to College Station. And then UAB is, is the trap game, not an easy opponent at home. So... This is not an easy path for either one of these teams to be able to win out at this point. Well, you know, uh, I, I think it's, it's so uh, interesting now to be uh, four months later after the picks were made at the SEC uh, media days in, in Atlanta. And I picked LSU third uh, in the West behind Alabama and Texas A&M. And to watch what's happened at Texas A&M, I mean, they've literally fallen apart. And um, I'll be very curious to see, Kenny, what their, what their transfer portal looks like in the offseason, won't you? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, yeah, it'll be, it'll, be a, uh, it'll be an interesting watch there to see how it all turns out for them. But uh, I, think it's, I think it's pretty obvious that you know, when you heard three names that were up for this LSU job, allegedly, you heard Giffen, which, who I thought was a long shot at best, <laughs> Billy Napier, who they really didn't talk to, and I don't think they really pursued Fisher as well. And they talked to Brian Kelly, and they got Brian Kelly to come here, and I think they've made the right hire. I do, too, and that's not a slight to Kiffin, who's a really good coach, or to Napier, who I think is a good coach. No, I uh, think Billy Napier is a really good coach, and I think he's going to have – success in Florida, but you can't argue with what LSU has done. I mean, they've uh, and you know, I tell people all the time, you, you don't realize how important experience is until you have it. And I don't know about you, but you know, how I look at the world now that maybe how I looked at it five or ten years ago is completely different. And that's nothing but experience. And I think that, um, you know, they're hiring a, hiring a guy who is extremely experienced and I think, you know, that's paid off in what they've done here in the first year. 
LSU is still trying to throw the football, and Daniels gets sacked again. I, I absolutely have no earthly idea what they're trying to do. Uh, they threw the ball on first down for five yards. They drop back again on second down. Arkansas is playing coverage. Daniels can't find anybody, and he gets sacked. I, I just don't understand what they're trying to do. I, I don't get it. I, no, I don't either. I mean, it makes no sense uh, to, to now, you know, in a third and long, Arkansas is lining up in a blitz uh, look. You know, of course, they're getting to him without blitzing, and LSU just jumped. So now LSU looks like a team that is not nearly as motivated. They look like a team that is a bit flat. That's, you know, that's well, predict- predictable, that's, isn't it? That, that's, why, that's why the question about the trap game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they're they're going to find themselves in a, in a real fight, hurting themselves on offense, and they're going to give Arkansas a great field position shortly unless they can make a play. So, yep. I mean, the early eyeball test, they don't pass it. Uh, it definitely looks like uh, the, the, the case of a team not nearly as jacked up and not nearly as sharp as we saw a week ago, which is virtually predictable. Uh, you hope that it wouldn't happen, but it certainly looks to be the case. And, you know, and LSU just goes three and out, not even close on a deep ball. So uh, continuing to try to throw the ball with no success, so they'll punt it away. And Arkansas will end up with very good field position as well, a result. Well, you know, one of, one of the things you've got to count on early in the game here is your punter, okay? And he's got to be able to uh, to, uh, to to extricate you from a bad situation and to, um, to kind of flip the field here. And that's what yeah. you've got to do. And the other thing about Daniels is they're spying him every time, and he's getting talked to seriously by Brian Kelly right now, by the way. But bottom line is, if you want to run Daniels, you line up and run it straight with him when you have the extra blocker, uh, especially against the defensive fronts that they're seeing. So got to believe they're going to make an adjustment, but on two possessions, they've shown nothing of the sort uh, to this point in time. So stay tuned. They've got to change directions in terms of what they're trying to do sometime Soon here, Auburn's going to Auburn, Arkansas is going to have with really good field position near midfield, uh, about the 45-yard line. Uh, that's where they'll start. So short field for the second straight time for Arkansas. All right, we owe you a timeout. We'll take that here. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Later in the show, we'll touch on the Pelicans. But coming up next, we'll talk about the New Orleans Saints and just where this team is and what this team is and what it can be. We'll do that next following this brief break. On the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 FM Nash Icon and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Hi, this is Eric Asher. If you know you'll be needing a new air conditioning system anytime soon, then you should call my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating before the end of the year. Because on January 1st, new federal rules mean all AC contractors are no longer able to install the most affordable air conditioning systems. The team at Burkhardt has these affordable systems available for install right now. There's financing available too. So see by calling Burkhardt today or learn more at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. It's all Eric sent you. Like bones, your teeth lose density and become weaker over time, which can lead to tooth decay. And that can make your visit to the dentist feel like this. But if you want your dental visit to feel like this, try Crest Densify. Crest Densify actively rebuilds tooth density to extend the life of teeth by remineralizing enamel. Densify from Crest, the number one toothpaste brand in America. Smile, Crest has you covered. It's time to gear up for the holiday season. Head over to NFLShop.com today for the largest collection of officially licensed gear from all your favorite brands. 
NFL Shop is your ultimate gifting destination for jerseys, t-shirts, headwear, and more. Take your game day style to the next level with the best selection of NFL gear anywhere. Show off your team pride this holiday season with styles fit for the whole family. To shop now, go to nflshop.com. Demand different. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Imagine this. You've been hurt in a car crash, but the insurance company only offers you pennies on the dollar for what you need for your injuries. You realize you should have called a lawyer, but how can you afford one now? At Dudley DeBosier, that call is free, and we are the only law firm in the state with the no-fee guarantee. That means you pay us nothing, no fees, no costs, or expenses unless we get you money. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 22135788. Your weekly forum for genuine, substantive talk with a focus on facts and fact-based opinions. Time to share your passion on the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. The number to call, 504-260-1061. The New Orleans Saints in Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers tomorrow. And, of course, these are two teams that have really struggled, 3-6, and 2-6. and six. The records are what they are because that's who these teams are. Somebody's got to win this particular game. And the Saints, again, are completely and totally banged up. Saints are a very slim one-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. But, of course, they're heading into this game with even more injuries. And it's multiple injuries at multiple positions whether it's the secondary, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's defensive end. I mean, it just it runs in droves. It's, it's never about one spot. It's multiple players at multiple spots, which, again, it's been a story all year long. You, you don't want to make excuses because there are no excuses. Everybody has injuries, but, boy, they have just had a ton of these problems continuously, Ed. Yeah, and, you know, look, um, Lattimore being out has really hurt them. And... They've not been really specific about this injury, but he's been out for quite some time now. Now they don't have Werner. Now they don't have McCoy. Uh, they don't have Pete. They got a bunch of guys who are questionable, and uh, <clears throat> they haven't gotten a lot of luck with that. But the injury front, and frankly, this is a team that does not have a large margin of error. Well, again, I mean the, you know the the thought process. After last week's game, and Les East wrote it. Uh, by the way, Arkansas is inside the LSU 30. So uh, the thought process behind what transpired after last week's game was the fact that maybe, just maybe, Jameis Winston returns this week, but that's not going to be the case. No, and um, I don't know. How much does that help at this point? Well, I, look, to me, it's not even that. Uh, to me, it's... Unless I thought Les's piece was very well written. And, and as I have said every week, you play for the present, and the present was Andy Dalton being efficient. But he was never the future. He was the present. You did not bring him in here to be your starting quarterback. Okay? So once you stopped having efficiency and effectiveness, then as I've said every step of the way, that's when you reinsert Winston if he's healthy enough. So if he's not healthy enough, we don't know that. Uh, if he is healthy enough and he's not playing uh, and you're not as efficient as you were, then why wouldn't you make the change? So I, I think that's the thought process. I'm still in a, uh, in, a, in a thought process that they don't have their quarterback of the future here right now. But, again, you re-signed Winston. You brought 
Dalton in to be a backup. And once he lost his effectiveness, why wouldn't you go back to Winston? I guess that's what I'm trying to say here. No, I think it's a good point. I think it's a good point. But, um, you know, I just think that when, when you look at their team, uh, once, once you started watching the game a little bit on Monday night, I did not really have a lot of confidence that they could win that game. I thought the other team was better than them physically, didn't you? Yes. And, you know, I mean, I'm watching the game, and I'm like, well, I, I just think Baltimore is better than them, and they have the better quarterback. And, um, you know, I keep hearing how talented this roster is, and um, maybe so, but it's really hard when you don't have a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Really hard. All right, it's 504-260-1061. Let's head off to Boston where our friend Scott joins us. Scott, great to hear from you. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, just a couple of quick comments going back uh, to college and then a question for you. Um, you were asking why they were passing the ball, and I, I, don't, I mean, I can't imagine this being the reason, but I wonder if like 2% of them is trying to, follow some of that Heisman talk hype about Daniels, because I agree they should have been running the ball. But my, um, my other comment, um, I know that once they finally get to 12 teams, it will kind of solve this issue. But I, I frankly feel that Alabama should be ranked ahead of uh, LSU by the fact that they took Tennessee uh, down to the wire on the road, and LSU had to beat them in overtime. And I feel like stuff like that should count for something, playing on the road and playing Tennessee better than LSU did, but obviously it's now just all about how you're playing right now. But I, I do think that kind of takes away uh, from the, the season. But my question for you guys, um, college hoops obviously started, and I'm looking at LSU's schedule, and not conference-wise, all they have is Wake Forest. And I was just wondering if y'all knew why they, if they thought the roster was going to be too much this year to deal with. But I was curious y'all's take on their non-conference schedule. And uh, thanks well, for having me on, guys. Yeah. Okay, well, you got it. Thank you, man. I think a couple of things. Number one, new coach with plenty of new faces. They weren't going to overschedule in the beginning. I think that's number one. Number two, I think the coach is telling you what he has on his roster right now. And he's not anywhere near what he wants. And, um, I mean, after watching the Kansas City game the other night, I think you could say it's a rebuilding year. Yeah, they struggled against a team that's not very good, but it was the first time out. I think Matt McMahon's done a great job of replenishing the roster, but they're not there yet. How much better they're going to get, we'll see. I mean, look, it was the first time out. <laughs> Next up, they get Arkansas State, of course, today. Then they get the UNO Privateers are going to play there next week, and then Illinois State, and then they play in the Cayman Islands Classic. You know, Wofford, UT Arlington. And you mentioned Wake Forest, of course. Yeah, it, it's a lot lighter schedule than we've seen, but I think it's clearly the right schedule for this particular football team at this particular place and time. I, I definitely think that's the case. Now, what I don't know is how much of this schedule was made before McMahon had any say-so about it. I don't know the answer to that, Ed. No, I don't either. But I think he probably had uh, some pretty sizable input. And... For a first-year head coach uh, with a, a pretty substantial job to do here, I, I, I think it reflects that. 
Arkansas 3-0 over LSU. LSU got forced them to kick a field goal. They did. So 3-0 Arkansas lead. It's clear that LSU is going to be in a real dogfight today. And they've got to awaken and they've got to change their approach in this game on offense for sure. So stay tuned. And we'll see if Arkansas makes some changes too. They might, they might switch things up. But what they're doing right now has been very effective in this particular game. And, and then with regard to Alabama, I understand that argument. I mean, look, my feeling about that, Scott, is it's going to play itself out. Let's just wait, let it play itself out, and then by the end of the year, you'll have a real good idea about where you are. And the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter where you're ranked right now. The fact of the matter is, it's going to play itself out and work itself out. If LSU wins out, and LSU is in the SEC championship game, uh, then that's going to be obviously a huge deciding factor, regardless of whatever Alabama's done. If LSU then wins the SEC championship game, which they would be a prohibitive underdog in, then clearly they'll be ahead of Alabama. But again, I think these things will work itself out. And as far as LSU's concerned, they got a tough task on their hands today. It's obvious. And then Alabama's got a tough task on its hands today against Ole Miss. Ed. They do. They do. So neither one of those games are, are gimmies. Neither one of those games are layups. So, um, you know, I think we're finding that out in Fayetteville this morning. All right, so back to the Saints. So we've had the quarterback discussion. Otherwise, I mean, again, Jarvis Landry may or may not play, but, you know, Andrus Pete's hurt again. What else is new? You know, I mean, again, Marcus Davenport's been banged up. You know, you, you made decisions about players like this, and, and sometimes it's not just about ability. It's about availability. And these are guys that, just haven't been available enough to your football team uh, to be worth long-term investments. They made one in Pete, and, and now they got to make a decision on Davenport. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it's obvious that Dennis Allen is very high on Marcus Davenport when, he's, when, he, when he says he's our best defensive player. Uh, when, when you talk like that, then you're very high on him. And, and look, I think part of the deal with, with Andrew Speed is that, you know, when Sean Payton gave him that contract, I mean, that was Sean Payton on that one. And, you know, I don't think he wanted to admit that maybe he made a mistake there. But when a team drafts somebody in the first round, like both of those guys have been selected, you know, I, I know what you're saying, but I think that organizations are hesitant to part with people like that. Yeah, that's obvious. LSU's uh, woes continue. They're holding on the kickoff. They bury themselves way back uh, inside their own 15-yard line. And so their kicking game's been atrocious all year. It's been a little better of late, but back reverting here. And now they're deep in their own territory again. This has all the looks of a flat team playing like a flat team so far. Well, what they've got to do is they've got to do is they've got to make a big play on offense to get them going. That's what they have to do. Look, I, I went to the game last night. At Gormley, Brother Martin's down twenty to nothing. Mm-hmm. They look they look very flat, Kenny. There's right. not a lot of emotion on the sideline at all. All yep. of a sudden they hit one big play, turned the whole game around. Yep. LSU starting from its own ten yard line as a result, and they run for four or five yards on first down, so they did come out trying to run the ball here, but uh, that was against a four-man front, so Arkansas is showing them a little bit different look now. So, yeah, it's a chess game, and you got to make adjustments. But look, uh, where the Saints are concerned. 
I get the ability of Davenport, but frankly, tired of seeing him not available and tired of seeing a lack of productivity. Okay, and I'm I'm not. It's not just me. I mean, it's obvious that that's the way a lot of people feel. LSU just fumbled the football, and Arkansas recovered. So Arkansas is about to go up two scores. LSU doesn't look bad. They look terrible. Okay, not bad, but terrible. So, just a botched handoff. Okay, between Daniels and Emery. I mean, just inexcusable. So. Uh, talked about a maturity game. They're showing little or no maturity early in this game. Yep. Oh, well. First down at the 10. Yeah. I mean, now it's up to the defense to try to keep, keep Arkansas from going up two scores here. Yeah, I mean, it was just Daniels pulled the football and then he was stripped. So it's on Daniels completely. So as good as he's played, he's been, been poor in this game. Poor. He's now turned the ball over twice, and they're not even out of the first quarter yet. So as Scott mentioned, Heisman Trophy, forget about that. that. That's ridiculous. I mean, he was never going to be that guy. He's been good and gotten better, and he's a large reason why LSU's where it's at, but he, he's not that guy. And two turnovers in the first quarter have, have dramatically set the stage for Arkansas to, to not only get a lead, but to gain an enormously in confidence and to put itself in position uh, to win this game at home today. All right, it's 504-260-1061 to join us. We'll take a brief time out. When we return more on the Saints, we'll get into the Pelicans in a little bit too. And Arkansas is knocking on the door at the two-yard line. Back in just a moment. You're on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and at NashFM1061.com. With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Ring in the new year with the 89th All-State Sugar Bowl. Since 1935, the Sugar Bowl has been a New Orleans New Year's tradition. And this year, the best of the SEC and Big 12 will square off on New Year's Eve in the Caesars Superdome. So kick off your New Year's celebration with a college football masterpiece. For tickets, visit AllStateSugarBowl.org and download the free Sugar Bowl mobile app. The All-State Sugar Bowl is presented by All-State, the Louisiana Office of Tourism, and Taco Bell. Are you seeing pink everywhere? Demo Diva Hot Pink Dumpsters are painting the town pink. Clean out your business, your building, or your closet. Rent one of our pink dumpsters. Don't feel blue. Don't see red. Catch the vibe. Get the pink. Demo Diva. We service commercial, industrial, and residential customers. 504-486-4121. Demo Diva. Taking it down to the dirt. Demodiva.com. Life Resources Ministries exists for showing men the way, building men to spiritual maturity, and preparing God's people for service. Life Resources Ministries has Bible studies in person and via Skype throughout the metro area, along with outreaches weekly on Wednesdays at Piccadilly Cafeteria on Clearview Parkway in Metairie. There are business forums and fellowship meetings as well. Life Resources also puts on major outreach prep breakfasts with national speakers up to four to five times per year. Visit us online at liferesources.net. Life Resources Ministries, leaders investing for eternity. Hey sports fans, this is Louisiana State Treasurer John Schroeder. Teamwork is critical to success. This is why my team at Unclaimed Property wants to return your cash to you. Right now, there are over $1 billion that belong to Louisiana citizens. 
Unclaimed property is lost or forgotten money from bank accounts, stocks, bonds, wages, insurance, and investment payouts never received. But don't worry, the Louisiana Treasury team is here to help. We've found your money and want to return it to you. Visit lacashclaim.org for your cash. For 16 years, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football, and the Prep Football Player of the Week Award. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field by high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. And the Prep Player of the Year will be presented the Ronald E. Gardner Award on the field at Caesar Superdome during the 2022 RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl Wednesday night, December 21st. Tickets available now at NewOrleansBowl.com. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon in one of his outstanding dealerships. Toyota of New Orleans, I-10 Service Road near Bullard in New Orleans East. Premier Honda at the I-10 Service Road at Bullard. Premier Nissan at Veterans in Metairie and Premier Kia at Veterans in Kenner. It's here this weekend. Diamonds Direct's biggest and final storewide sale of the year. Three days of extra savings. Friday through Sunday. Your final chance before the holidays to save an extra 20% on virtually everything. Rings, earrings, pendants, bands, colored gemstones. And the selection is double with entire designer lines flown in only for this event. This is the best pre-holiday shopping opportunity. The biggest sale all year. Special financing too. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. It's this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Only at Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Call an audible, throw a flag, call a technical, review an instant replay, it's all good. Go for it now on the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call now at 504-260-1061. Well, Arkansas did LSU a favor. They got to the LSU three, and rather than kick a field goal, they decided to go for it on fourth down, and they got stopped. So it's still 3-0 Arkansas is the first quarter comes to an end. LSU pinned back deep in its own territory again, but still at least trying to run the football now. So there's that. All right, the Saints and the Steelers. Ed, the, the, one of the things that stuck out to me looking at this game is Pittsburgh's only scored 10 offensive touchdowns all year. They have really struggled on offense. And, of course, they traded Claypool, and they're starting a rookie at quarterback. So even though you have defensive injuries, uh, this is not a team that should be that good against you on offense. No, the quarterback's uh, thrown two inter- two touchdown passes the whole year, eight interceptions, averaging 5.8 yards an attempt. And look, they traded their best receiver because they got a second-round pick from the Bears, which they think is going to be a good selection. So what they're telling you is is that uh, they're in a full rebuilding mode, and they're going to let their quarterback play the rest of the season and try to figure it out. And that, to me, like, if you don't win this game tomorrow, Kenny, then I think you're at the lowest point since the Katrina year, for sure, don't you? Well, I, yeah, that's probably accurate. I mean, look, again, amazingly, uh, they're right smack in this thing because their division's so bad, Atlanta gets beat the other night by Carolina. So, I mean, Carolina's clearly, you know, starting over. Atlanta is proven that it's not that. Tampa Bay might win by default, and they're not all that. So, again, the, the hope is still there because – you, kept, you keep waiting for the light to go on, thinking that this team has talent, and it just hasn't happened, whether it's been inconsistency, injuries, coaching, 
whatever the case may be, it just hasn't happened. I mean, again, I think a lot of people wonder what their ceiling is. Uh, I think, you know, uh, I think right now their ceiling is maybe seven wins, or maybe eight uh, at best, maybe eight at best. And, and you know what? I don't see a lot of people unhappy about it. Do you? Oh, I do. I see a lot of people unhappy. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean a lot of people are clamoring fans. for a coaching change already. So a lot of Saints fans are unhappy, but I don't yes. see. I don't. I don't see a lot of emotion in the organization. Today. Oh, that's what you meant. That's what you meant. The organization. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think they're letting it play out. Okay, it's just like I talked about the college situation earlier. I think they're letting it play out to a degree. One of the things we've seen from Dennis Allen, and, and look, he's. We all want to see him succeed. He's a good guy. He's a, he's a straight guy, nice guy. He's a good football coach. Whether he's a good head football coach is another story. It remains to be seen. But one of the things we've seen from him, though, is that he's, he's, he's kind of told the media the truth, right? And sometimes... Yeah, like the last guy. Yeah, so, well, yeah, but the last guy was a hell of a coach, and he knew what he was doing by not right. letting you know things. What I, my point was... He's telling you things about, you know, first the comment about Winston's healthy, I'm going with Dalton. That didn't need to be said publicly, right? Uh, you right. know, then, then the comments about injuries that are made on a regular basis. Then the comments about, you know, saying real positive things when they're playing terribly. Uh, it, it doesn't sit well with the fan base. My point is sometimes you're better off not saying things as a, compared to saying something that just doesn't sit right. Uh, with with people, so uh, it's just a different approach, a totally different approach uh, from the previous head coach. Totally. Well, I don't know, Kenny. Sometimes I like to see a little flash of disgust. Yes, you like the you thing. like the fire. You like the fire. I agree, and they're lacking that right now. I think that's clear. And look, I'll say it again: Sean Payton bears responsibility in this because he was responsible for personnel. And it's obvious that some of these personnel decisions have not panned out. But it's also obvious that he was a hell of a coach and gave you a consistently good product. Four straight division championships, three NFC championship games, a Super Bowl winner, you know, and that attitude. He got, they got nine wins out of that team last year that didn't have as much talent as this team has. Agreed? Oh, I agree. And, and their quarterback situation was terrible last year, too. Yeah, I mean, you started four guys, you won nine games. So, and your best receiver was Marquez Callaway, who, with all due respect, is at best a fourth guy on your roster. So, I, and I don't mean that to be negative at all. I'm just stating fact. So, yeah, look, so the point is, I, I read sometimes and I see the comments and people criticizing Sean Payton, and, and it's, it's really kind of laughable. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't understand, you know, what it is that, that you want. Does he bear responsibility for personnel? Sure. Uh, do you wish you had him now? You bet. And LSU's going to punt again. They're doing absolutely nothing. I mean, nothing. Uh, not running it well, not throwing it well, not blocking anybody, and they're going to give Arkansas a good field position again. So the question becomes, how long can this LSU defense hold out? You know, I mean, at some point, uh, with no offensive support, they're going to crack. LSU's acting like they're going to go for it, a fourth and one of their own 20-yard line or so, which is insane. Uh, I don't get that, but they're lining up to go for it, fourth and one of their own 24. I can't imagine they're going to run this play. Maybe they will. And now Brian Kelly is calling timeout, or, or somebody called timeout, so so much for that. I mean, this is such a disjointed, poor effort by this LSU team to this point, especially offensively. So, But life goes on. So anyway, where the Saints are concerned, look, 
They win tomorrow. They're four and six. Who knows what happens with Tampa Bay? We know what happened with Atlanta. We know where Carolina is. You still got Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and Carolina on the schedule. So if you win this game tomorrow, I feel like I say this every week, you not only still have hope, you're squarely in it if you win the game tomorrow. Well, you know, but really, is that is that is four and six and, and the time for the division lead, is that cause for celebration? No, but you're squarely in it. It's just a statement of fact. It is. It is. Doesn't mean but, you're any good. I mean, you, know, no. you know what? You know what, Kenny? When when yeah. you when you've seen and you've eaten steak for so many years, you know, uh, a poor a poor grade of ground beef doesn't make it anymore. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it is. Yeah, it's a different animal to say the least. Uh, what we're watching right now, and again, the question uh, certainly becomes: Is this team now? truly approaching a rebuilding situation or is it simply a team that's not getting the most out of his talent or is it somewhere in between my guess is it's probably somewhere in between i think they're approaching rebuilding i think they're still good enough to win uh, especially in their division but they're not playing like it but ultimately uh, they're going to need a quarterback uh, to be that guy and andy dalton isn't that guy and they decided that Taysom hill isn't that guy so at some point you know, unless you've already decided Winston's not that guy, I, I think you got to put him back out there. That's it. Yeah. Well. Also, look. Uh, you know, you got to you got to hope that Sean Payton's coaching in the league next year, and you're back. Without a first, doubt. Uh, yeah. yeah, without a doubt. As Ross Jackson wrote this week at CrestedCitySports.com, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. You hope Sean Payton goes and coaches somewhere else, and you get massive compensation, and and gives you a chance. <laughs> to be able to rebuild quickly if, in fact, you are approaching that rebuilding scenario. Well, I know, I know Sean Payton has a great relationship with the Saints organization, but I'll be very curious to see what the Saints ask for in return for him because uh, John Gruden got two number ones, two number twos, and eight million. And when he was traded from Oakland to Tampa Bay, he was not a Super Bowl-winning coach. This is a very unusual situation. When Bill Belichick went from uh, New York to New England, he was a defensive coordinator. He was a head coach for a couple of days before that that uh, that trade was was done, and it included included at least one number one pick. So, the fact that Sean Payton has the record he has, and the fact that he's won a Super Bowl, to me, mm-hmm. uh, demands a clear line of considerable uh, a compensation for any team that wants him. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm amazed. LSU after the timeout is still lining up to go for it on fourth and one at around our own twenty yard line. I mean, maybe he's just trying to light a fire under this team. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. You, you can't they, win the game here, but you can sure lose it. Well, he made the oh, guess what? LSU false started. Daniels had a big run, and LSU false started, so they can't do anything right. Daniels on a play on a fake on a read option had a wide open field, but LSU falls started. So now they'll have to punt the ball. They are playing terrible football. Not bad, terrible. And the fact that they're only down by three, they're incredibly fortunate at this point. But that won't last for long with the way they're playing. All right, we owe you a timeout. We'll take that here back to talk Pelicans in our final segment when we continue in a moment. You're on 1061 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. 
Ring in the new year with the 89th All-State Sugar Bowl. Since 1935, the Sugar Bowl has been a New Orleans New Year's tradition. And this year, the best of the SEC and Big 12 will square off on New Year's Eve in the Caesars Superdome. So kick off your New Year's celebration with a college football masterpiece. For tickets, visit AllStateSugarBowl.org and download the free Sugar Bowl mobile app. The Allstate Sugar Bowl is presented by Allstate, the Louisiana Office of Tourism, and Taco Bell. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Why wait to save? Dell's Black Friday event arrives early with select deals on top tech to power any passion. The savings start now on the latest XPS and Alienware PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget, special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, including free shipping on everything. Just call 877-ASK-DELL for Black Friday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Marquis. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. For 16 years, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football, and the Prep Football Player of the Week Award. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field by high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. And the Prep Player of the Year will be presented the Ronald E. Gardner Award on the field at Caesar Superdome during the 2022 RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl Wednesday night, December 21st. Tickets available now at NewOrleansBowl.com. This is Kevin Mamahat. For most of us, the largest single purchase we'll ever make is when buying a home. That's why thousands of homeowners each year choose to protect their largest investment with Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield is the only international architectural ceramic coating that gives residential and commercial owners peace of mind. Along with our 25-year warranty, our ceramic coating reflects the ultraviolet rays we experience here in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, keeping your home cooler with less strain on your air conditioner. And it's more affordable than you think. So give us a call for your free estimate, 504-407-2222, or visit rhinoshieldmidsouth.com. Call now, and you can get the guaranteed protection of Rhino Shield for 20% off the regular price, 407-2222, or visit rhinoshieldmidsouth.com. Don't paint, don't Rhino, go Rhino Shield. Never paint your house again, Rhino Shield. With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. 
Last chance today. Call the Three Tailgaters Show at 260-1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. As we march on, Pelicans back in action against the Houston Rockets tonight off of a disappointing home loss to a depleted team a couple of nights ago, Ed. I mean, it's been, it's too early to get, to get panicky, but it's been, what's the right word, uneven? Well, when you lose at home to Portland and they don't have Damian Lillard who's resting, that's a bad loss. I know it's an 82-game NBA season, but they look flat, Kenny. And I don't know what the deal is with this team because they had so much energy to open the season. Now, I will say that eight of the first 11 have been on the road, and that's made it off, okay? But, um, you know, I think that... uh, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to to uh, overcome that stuff. And you know, if they're the team that they thought they were going to be, I I don't get it. I really don't. Yep. Yeah, I know. And LSU forces a fumble. Uh, a defense giving him a chance, and guess who? Harold Perkins runs down Hornsby, forces a fumble. LSU recovers on the Arkansas side of the field. Perkins is an absolute stud. Well, he's got such great closing speed. And the guy should have wrapped the ball up because he knew he was going to get tackled. Yeah. But, you know, the thing that stuns me in the previous series, if Bramlett doesn't pull the ball down and run, the punter, it's going to get blocked. They had a yes. guy who was, who was a free run to the punter. Right. And I'm like, what is up with these special teams? They're it's terrible. It's unbelievable. Yeah, not only, yeah, and then they hold. <laughs> I mean, you know. Right, I, I know they, they held, but the fact is that the guy on the edge got a free run to he the He got punter. a free run. Yeah, and well, you know, do you know that's nothing but film study? Okay, sure it is to find yep. something like that. And the guy got a free run. And if the if Bramlett doesn't pull it down and he tries to punt that ball, they might be down ten nothing right now. Instead, they're about to go ahead. In all likelihood, they're at the Arkansas sixteen yard line and trying to take advantage. And it's exactly what they need. The defense made a play, puts them in position to to perhaps take the lead here. So. Uh, weather the early storm of, but their kicking game has just been atrocious all year long. How can you continuously be this bad? I mean, you know, in all phases, returning, catching the ball, uh, protection, coverage, everything. I mean, it's just been remarkably bad, remarkably bad. So, well, the situation too is that look, that's uh, that's Brian Kelly's chemo sop, uh, Brian Polian. All yeah. right, I'll be very curious to see what happens there in the off season. They had whether there's a serious, whether there's a serious mm. evaluation of that or yeah. not, should be. Daniels had Booty for what should have been an easy touchdown, but his pass gets tipped uh, at the line of scrimmage, so that didn't happen. And now LSU has to convert a third and five. So, uh, but back to the Pelicans for a minute or two. Six-game homestand. You hope they'd make hay. Didn't happen against a depleted Blazers team the other night. Uh, right now, you have to be a little bit concerned about C.J. McCollum. He's just not shooting the ball well at all. It makes you wonder if maybe he'd be better off the ball. But then again, uh, do you have a, a point guard that can play the position to, to maybe help him in that regard other than Alvarado? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Alvarado gets, needs to get more minutes. Daniels, by the way, gets sacked on third down. So LSU will have to try a longer field goal now. So, uh, I mean, they've just been horrendous on offense. Well, I think that's like 10 sacks in the last two quarters, in the last six quarters, Kenny. At six against Alabama, and I think that's the the fourth one today. Well, I mean, when the quarterback plays well, it lifts the team, and this time he had no chance. They ran a stunt, and Lyman late picking up the stunt, and he has no chance with a guy in his face. So, end of story. So, that's 
that's the way it goes. I mean, they can't play much worse on offense. They can't play any worse on special teams. And now they have to make a 38-yard field goal if they want to tie the game. So uh, that's where they're at. As bad as they've played, they are now tied because it looks like he made the field goal. So 3-3 with 9.28 to play in the first half. All right, Ed, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, man. Look forward to doing it again next week. Okay, buddy. You take care now. Uh, thanks to Rudy Dixon for producing today. Don't forget UNO today. The Privateers at 4 o'clock on Hall of Fame Day. Be there at Lakefront Arena uh, to support the UNO Privateers in basketball. You can listen to it live here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. For Rudy Dixon and Red Daniels, I'm Ken Trahan. Thanks for joining us, and be a good sport. God bless you one and all. We are rounding third and heading home. So long. Thanks for listening to the Three Tailgater Show on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgater Show was presented by Crescent City Sports.